CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is airlines' big challenge, big challenge gaining uh, customer loyalty. And our guests for today's show are Danny Sutton, who's the vice president with LL Airlines. Good morning, Danny. How are you? Good morning. Shalom to you. I'm very well, thank you. Very good. So uh, business is going good? Business uh, could be much better, anybody will tell you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, sure, but sure. Uh, but it's quite good, yes. We, we improved our uh, results, although we lost money in 2012, but we improved marginally compared to 2011, so it was good. Oh, that's great. And also we have Michael Maoz, uh, who's the VP Distinguished Analyst with Gartner. How are you, Michael? I'm just great today. Thanks for having me. Very good. So where are you located? Yeah, I'm right off the campus of Yale University in New Haven, right. Connecticut. Oh, that's nice. How, how, how are things going there for you? That's, it's all terrific. Spring is coming. We have the crocuses and tulips, and uh, uh-huh. everything looks, uh, looks good, at least for another day. All right. That's great. And welcome to the show again. Now, our impression for this topic, the one which we have picked up today, was that airlines have a lot of different factors affecting customer loyalty. Technology could be poised to help, but we thought this would be an interesting subject because we wonder if there could just be a whole new batch of problems that are unique to airlines. Now, when when it comes back to the, the loyalty side, the first question I'd like to pose, uh, Danny, for you is that yeah. do you think customer loyalty to an airline is an intrinsically different game than it is for most other industries? And if yes, then why? Hmm. First of all, the answer is yes, definitely, definitely yes, because uh, if you look at other industries, uh, I can mention just a few. If you take a car industry, for instance, its loyalty doesn't mean much uh, because you change a car every three or four years, and today with leasing, it's, uh, it's even more different. And uh, supermarkets, there are loyalty programs, but uh, the gains are very small. You can gain a dollar here and a dollar there. But in the airline, it's very, very important because if you're a frequent flyer and you accumulate mileage or points like in Alal, then the gain is a free ticket or a discounted ticket. And a ticket could be $2,000 and you get it for free or just pay the taxes. So it is a major difference. Now, when you say that, do you think you have uh, this the whole marketplace with respect to airlines and travel industry? Is it is it because the cost has become the biggest factor? People really don't care. What do they get when they spend less or more? Uh, you can uh, split the market in, 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 in this question because I know many, many of our customers that do not check any other airline. They're frequent flyers of Elal, who can be frequent flyers of another airline. And just they just book that airline because they want to accumulate points or mileage on that specific airline. If if uh, if today, for instance, Elal will say you fly from Tel Aviv to Israel or from Tel Aviv, sorry, from New York to Israel, instead of paying fifteen hundred dollars, you pay two hundred and fifty dollars, uh, then there's no loyalty to anybody else. Everybody fly only Elal. So the cost factor still has an effect, 
But um, because we are still talking logically, then uh, the frequent flyer program is very, very important and brings loyalty, and, and it's good to have it. Now, Michael, if I were to compare this to a toothpaste, something that I used four years ago and I get a taste of it and I feel good about the experience that I get, I just stick to it. I don't really change. And yes, of course, I look for deals, but then at some point I say, you know what, taste is more important or the experience is more important than a nickel and dime here and there. Do you think people out there are are looking at a deal to the nth degree where they would just forego the experience or a predictable experience which is aligning well with what their tastes and preferences are and say, I'll just go anywhere when it comes to airlines? Yeah, there's, there's definitely that. <clears throat> you, you know, you mentioned if you look at customer uh, satisfaction as a factor. In fact, there's a there's an organization in, uh, called the ACSI, uh, and you can look at the ASCI, uh, the ACSI dot org, and, and check it out. Uh, they look at customer satisfaction across industries. And it's funny you mentioned toothpaste because someone like a Heinz, followed by a Clorox. Uh, have the highest customer satisfaction ratings uh, of, of anyone, very, very high, uh, 89%, whereas the airline industry has, a, by comparison, a very low level of satisfaction, uh, 67%. And one of the things about that is that the, there's so much more that can go wrong. With my toothpaste, <laughs> I squeeze a little bit onto the brush, and I'm done. And very easy to, to buy, very easy to use. Uh, I like the taste, but think about an airline. In airline, you probably have a number of called the moments of truth from the time you select it to the reservation process to the uh, process in the airport, etc. So just like in the phone or cable or Internet provider world, uh, so much more can go wrong that it's, a, it's an intrinsically different thing to look at customer loyalty in this industry than it is in, in a consumer goods industry. Can I, now, can, with, I, can I interrupt yeah. you a minute? Or? Yes, please oh. go ahead. Please go ahead. <laughs> just, just for Michael, the, the toothpaste you mentioned, the, the customers are very, very satisfied, but are they getting market share as well? I mean, are they selling more than other toothpastes or not? Are they selling more? They are selling more. Okay. Yeah. Well, it depends what toothpaste you're talking about. Because as you're, as you're suggesting earlier, Danny, that there are multiple reasons that you would use something. So, for mm -hmm. example, you might leave your crest uh, because you want to use an organic toothpaste, and then you mm -hmm. go to something like a Tom's. Yeah. But you have very there are segments, and, and to the first question that uh, Sanjog asked, you look at airlines like Ryanair. Yeah. Uh, in in the UK, it's basically uh, get on the plane. Uh, we're going to shove you, push you, fight for a seat, and you're going to like us because we are the lowest cost airline. And there's a segment of the market that loves that. Yeah. But they also position themselves in a, in a place that they say we don't give service. I mean, absolutely. They just say it clear and loud. So, so essentially, any brand, uh, Danny, don't you think any brand is essentially a promise that you're making, and you're setting some expectations, and then if you don't live up to that promise, people would not truly take any excuse why you did not feel, fulfill that promise. That's your problem. That's why I'm paying you. The, so the because brand, the brand is a promise, ahead. yes, definitely. The brand is a promise. If you take uh, take my airline, for instance, LR Israel Airlines, we promise that all our meals are going to be kosher meals on every flight, and that's a promise that we maintain. We've been maintaining for years. So it's a promise we do not fly on Sabbath, and that's something that we maintain uh, for years. And then there are other things. Um, as far as the, the service is concerned, we are the only airline operating, for instance, first class service between the United States. 
to Israel, both from Los Angeles and from the East Coast. And that is something we're maintaining and we are cultivating, and, and people appreciate it. But you must, must, must adhere to your, uh, to your promises. Now, I, I like what you just mentioned about the kosher meal being offered. Now, of course, people who are going to be traveling, that could be a, a game changer for them and or the decision-making point for them, but there could be other aspects too. So do you think things like food, which is important part of the service offering that you have, but there are other things also which need people to feel good that they really have the appropriate uh, you know, service being offered at all level from soup to nuts. So, so Danny, do you think uh, we have uh, an inherent handicap in being able to do it and do it consistently? Uh, it, it's a good question. I'll tell you why. For instance, these days, there is much less face-to-face communication between the customer and the carrier and the airline, apart from being on the flight, actually. Today, you book your flight on, on the Internet. When you check in, uh, you check in on the machine, and then you go to the gate and you sit. I still think that the first part of what I said, which is booking in the, on the Internet, is very, very important because it makes life easier if, you're, if your flight is not complicated. People want to fly from here to Hong Kong, from Hong Kong to China, from China to here. They, they must, they can, it will be hard to do it on the Internet, but they can still do it. What I think that uh, the, the, the disconnect at the airports is uh, something which I like a bit less. I mean, you don't see anybody almost until you board the gate, until you board the, the plane. And some some people still need that kind of uh, face-to-face communication. And that is something that we maintain, yeah. And, Michael, when you look at the same question I asked Danny, um, if you were to inventory four, five, seven things that you feel are a must in your checklist, that if you are saying that you're an airline and you're in this business and you're making a promise – keeping the cost, low-cost carrier or, or providing specific type of food, which is a, one of the features, what are those other core areas which you must deliver on for you to, number one, survive, secondly, attract and retain consistently the type of passengers that you'd like to have? And different airlines have taken different approaches. So, for example, I mentioned Ryanair and you can now look at someone like a Southwest Airlines. Uh, They, by the way, have the highest level of of satisfaction um, along with JetBlue in the industry. Uh, Their promise is very different than someone like a Singapore Air. A Singapore Airlines, they're going to have a consistent smell. You might think that's very funny. Mm -hmm. But from the time you walk into the lounge, uh, if you go to the water bubble or into the bathroom, if you're on the plane, uh, the Flight attendants wear the same cologne if they're men, the same perfume if they're women, just different concentrations. Uh, They have a complete experience in mind, a complete all-sense experience. That's what they sell, whereas the Southwest Airlines sells something completely different. So yes, the bottom line of safety, uh, on-time departure, uh, maybe for some segments reasonable cost, uh, they, of course, hold. Uh, but ev- but many different airlines have focused on a different specialty in, for example, LL, you heard Danny, uh, one might be security and one, I would say kosher food you can maybe get anywhere, uh, but some people like the name of El Al when considering their travel because they think maybe something like, like, like safety or uh, if you're in a particular uh, religious group, you might like it. So I think that everyone finds their niche and works that niche while getting the basics correct. Now, with that said, Danny, do you think, like what Michael just mentioned, that people would choose their niche and then stick to it? And if they do that correct, does that promise them success? 
Listen, life is uh, it's much much easier for uh, large large airlines when, especially when you are in one of the alliances that assist each other, traveling everywhere else, which we are not. But definitely, the fact that we are uh, the national carrier of Israel, and what Michael said about uh, safety, which we usually do not mention, but it's an important factor in the eyes of customers, but we never uh, advertise it, obviously. But that is, uh, that is something that people like. I mean, we always, our advertisement said, the moment you step into an Iran plane, you feel like you are in Israel already. Because of the, we don't have the, the same scent, as Michael said, with Singapore Airlines, but we have uh, a very young and dynamic crew. We do not, uh, we, we, most of our crews are specially trained. And uh, we changed our way of, uh, of even recruiting uh, cabin crew. It was done differently in the past. It changed now. In the past, anybody could be a cabin attendant. And so we had a lot that just finished the Army at the age of 21 and joined, and they were very rough at the beginning until they moved. Today, any, any new person who wants to join the, to be a cabin attendant with Alal has to prove to us that he's been working in a, in a, in a service-related uh, service industry, either in the hotel or even as a waiter in the restaurant, and he should come with a recommendation that he was good, and then we take him to a course. and then So we, we feel the major, major change in our in-flight service in the, last, uh, in the last, I would say, five, six years. Michael, do you think with all the brand loyalty and the branding and the brand promise, etc., we're talking, and let's get real. It's a business at the end of the day. We've got to fill our planes, and it's a predatory environment there. People will do anything and everything to make sure that they get one, uh, you know, an edge over their competitors. Do you think, while we can say, yes, there is a strategic uh, planning and we are going to take those cautious steps so that we maintain our brand, and what if by that time you're not able to keep your lights on, given you've got a heavy and fixed costs in this business? So the question is... Is it worth? Is it worth going after the brand promise, or you truly, you know, get sucked into that predatory red ocean environment, if you will, or yeah. you can create a blue ocean? Yeah, it, it's hard to create a blue ocean, though. People, as I said, uh, have have done that. I think when when JetBlue and Southwest came into it, they they were taking a different approach. Uh, they weren't trying to uh, compete with, with an American or a Delta or Virgin. You think about them coming in, uh, they offered a different experience, a, a better customer experience. I mean, someone like a like like them, they hire uh, based on, on attitudes of people. Uh, they want to know, do they smile? Uh, do they know how to uh, respond to people? Uh, they, they know that there are macro issues that they they have to think about, of course, logistics. They have to think about the cost of fuel. These are, these are issues that they can't, or getting routes, or you know, competitive routes. But an interesting thing is most studies that you will see reveal that satisfied customers will leave you. They'll leave you for just for the change. They'll leave you as their income changes. They'll leave you because they physically moved. Uh, or they'll move because the, your competitors have given them uh, a different deal. And this is a very interesting thing I would suggest for your Listeners, the Harvard Business Review of July 2010 had an article called Stop Trying to Delight Your Customers by Dixon and Freeman and Toman, uh, which outlined some of these things about, about building in the customer's expectations of you and working to that. What is it that they expect of you, and how do you set, reset, and match those expectations? Let's take a quick break. Uh, listeners, we'll be right back. And when we come back, uh, Danny, 
Now, we'll just piggyback on what uh, Michael just said. What are the true expectations or the new or renewed expectations from the customers? Because we could sit in an an Oval Office or in a closed door and an ivory tower and try to keep coming up with these schemes. But how close are we to our potential and current customers at any given time? And what are you doing to get into their heads to say, how is that expectation changing? And accordingly, you orient and align your strategies accordingly. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Take a look around. Is anyone in your office listening to music on a boombox? <laughs> Probably not, because you stream radio through the cloud like a normal, well-adjusted person living in the 21st century. Know what else you can get through the cloud? Your business phone system. Yeah, switch to cloud-based Ring Central. Run your entire business phone system online and use it with your smartphone and tablet for as little as $19.99 a month per user. And then you can put that old PBX in the junk pile next to the boombox. Ring Central phone systems reimagined. Sign up for a free trial at RingCentral.com. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh, Danny, do you think there is an ongoing uh, specific investment and effort being made to get into the heads of these customers and remain there as their priorities and their uh, you know tastes and preferences change so that you can take a proactive approach versus sitting outside, getting secondary data and reacting to it and then thinking that customers will suddenly start getting attracted to your airline? Uh, yes, obviously you are investing a lot of time and energy and analyzing uh, what uh, your customers are expecting from you. Now, one uh, one of the things that many airlines do, and including Alal, I think there is a different approach to top-tier uh, frequent flyers. And uh, certain frequent flyers, they just want to gain points and mileage and have a free ticket. That is the aim. Others which are rich, which reach the top tier, they expect more than that. They expect a lot of personal service and personal attention. So you have to always differentiate between those two. The other thing is that we have, like other airlines, we introduced a year ago a service which is called the product, which is called Economy Plus, which is a much better seat still in Economy Class with a very small surcharge compared to the business ticket. And we saw that that was very, very successful. From day one, it was uh, full. And you see that people really are looking for comfort. And apparently, that, that, that you, must, you must be ready to give. If, you're a, a, if you are declare yourself as an international airline and not as a low-cost airline, then people expect a lot. And you must be there and be sure that uh, you don't uh, disappoint them. So you have My- to be, yeah. 
So, Michael, what do you think are the top customer satisfaction related uh, elements and or factors changing? What were the original ones and are they at all morphing or are they are we are still looking at the basic human being who just wants to go from one place to another and get there predictably, comfortably and securely? Yep, there's certainly, uh, especially among the younger demographic uh, change, uh, step back for a moment, no one can deny that sites such as Kayak and Orbitz and Hipmunk and Priceline, not to mention all the customer forums on TripAdvisor, are having a really big impact on how airlines compete and how they're perceived. But what would make me trust your website over the, one of these independent sources? So there's definitely a challenge there from traditional, uh, I just want to get on the plane, pay a decent price, uh, get there on time, etc. Um, but some of the things you see that are very interesting, some of the airlines now are coming in and offering customers uh, a, a different experience, and it's especially a younger demographic or psychographic. Uh, for example, uh, landing in Berlin recently on KLM, you deboard, and uh, they have an announcement, the very first announcement you hear, you can reach us 24 hours a day by Twitter or Facebook, and we'll get back to you. Uh, they're trying to gamify it, make you more engaged. Um, Mm -hmm. Most airlines are providing phone notifications. They have kiosks and virtual assistants. Uh, so the, all these things are uh, ways of saying, hey, we want to better engage you, not just get you from point A to point B, but we want you to trust us. We want you to like us. We want you to engage with us. And I think that's a, that's a technology yes. is playing a big role in that. Mm -hmm. Now, so, so Danny, when you look at some of the changing uh, tastes and preferences, are there some things which are – you know, uh, some things that you feel is a change in taste and or preference, but it is tough to manage in or come up to as an airline, which has got other uh, commitments as well. Well, if you have very deep pockets, then you're okay. But in the airline business, you know that the margins are very, very thin. But I just I want to go back to something that Michael said, and I will answer because about about Facebook and, and Twitter. We feel that... Uh, Facebook is gaining so much momentum and strength, it's, it is really unbelievable. You know, the, today when you spend money advertising on, on TV or spend a lot of money advertising in newspapers, you're never sure what the result is. I mean, you can analyze a bit of numbers if you give codes for people to book on a certain code. There are ways of analyzing it, but it's very, very difficult. You don't know how many people see the ad. You don't know a lot of things. What I like about Facebook that at the end of the day, it's a person-to-person -person conversation. I mean, if you write something and there is a reaction from a, a customer, not from a community, a certain customer reacts, and then you, you engage in, in, in a conversation, and, and if you're successful in giving him the right answer, then you gain another customer. And I think Facebook is, uh, is uh, very important for, uh, for most industries, but in the airline business that we, we carry – millions of passengers a year, it, it is, it is uh, very important. Going back to, to what you said, I, I said that uh, today most, uh, the most important thing is to find routes that are... Uh, one, one of the things, I don't know if you saw yesterday, Virgin America started operating flights, inaugural flights from uh, Newark to the West Coast. I didn't know, and I'm sure many people didn't know, that the only airline flying from Newark to the West Coast nonstop is uh, United, which used to be Continental. The only one. So they, they came in, and they have a few flights every day. And I'm sure they're going to be successful. There is a lot of demand between the East Coast and the West Coast, and they were the only one doing it nonstop. 
So it was uh, it was clever to analyze all the routes and find that uh, this is one that uh, it's I would say it's a winner without uh, any doubt. Now, Michael, do you think there are ways for an organization, an airline, to create a competitive edge besides on price? Because, yes, you mentioned that you are able to get uh, loyalty, and loyalty essentially is a type of competitive edge. Yeah, and I also mentioned uh, some some of these clever ways of engaging customers never before. Uh, these are also, uh, but I'd, I'd say there's there is a, a good way in, in using some of these technologies and process change. I mean, one, you see simple things uh, like, like Wi-Fi throughout all the planes, uh, knowing your device and, and helping you quickly to get online. Many business people, and, and especially <laughs> younger people, just expect this almost as a, a, a right of their birth to have ubiquitous Wi-Fi in the lounge on the plane. Uh, they expect you to be using some kind of advanced analytics to give them more pinpoint offers. They really dislike your generic uh, boilerplate offer. They expect something that is really tightly hewed to the way that you like to travel, when you like to travel, the purpose of your travel. Uh, people who get that right are rewarded. People who are not, I just look at you as providing a commodity experience. So these things uh, I see become very, very important to the extent that you understand my intent uh, and react to that intent. I'm more likely to trust you and go with you, all the things being equal, of course. You still have to get the basics of, of transportation correct. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael just mentioned a very important point that you've got people from different generations traveling. Uh, a younger generation would like to see Internet, and they would like the, everything that is offered to them personalized to their tastes and preferences. And whereas the other people who may be coming from Baby Boomer or, or Gen X, etc., would almost get an eerie feeling that, how did he know that I like more salt in my food? I mean, for, I'm just taking an example. So so if if you are doing that personalization and customization, imagine the amount of mass customization and or other costs that you will have. And as if you were sitting on a big cushiony margin, and Danny, you already mentioned that we are on a thin margin. Mm-hmm. You could totally go crazy trying to uh, go to that level of personalization to find an incremental uh, gain. But then, of course, if that incremental gain is sizable enough, you would continue to invest. So if suppose we come back down to the reality, the numbers, Danny, do you think if you were able to get to know each customer's tastes and preferences and delivered to the younger generation what they want, but do the broad stroking to the, say, baby boomers or Gen X, et cetera, you will be able to still control the cost and still be able to, you know, uh, win the race? Listen, you're touching an interesting point because uh, I know that with my airline, for instance, when you book your flight, you can choose a variety of 15 or 16 different sorts of meals. You can have fish only, you can have no salt, you can have salt, you can have uh, vegetarian, you can have... You, you don't believe the amounts that we carry them. And at the end of the day, it is not much more expensive than... Uh, it, it, the logistics is more difficult. But if you have uh, your own caterer and you just know every day that you need 50 vegetarian and 60 this and just put on a flight... It's not a much, much more expensive uh, uh, expense. It's not more expensive than doing other things. But it is, we see people that are really expecting it, especially in food. If you take a long flight, 
I mean, Elal, when you fly from here to, to Israel, is about, from New York to, to Israel, is about 10 hours. And from Los Angeles to Israel, is 14 hours and a half nonstop. So food is an important factor on those, these long flights. In many, many other cases, they are not. So we did really try to, to, reach and, uh, to reach the taste of as many as we can. You can't all of them, obviously. But what we know, if you are, we are I'm going back to what I said earlier, with, with the high spenders and the frequent flyers which are on high tiers, then you know, you know much more than, than others. So if you're a frequent flyer with a lot, you know what we offer. What I told you now about all the, the certain meals, it's on the website, it's with the travel agents, everyone, but not I, at the end of the day when I checked, a lot of customers didn't know even that the possibility is there. So we always like uh, to, to, to tell our agents, to tell our customers. We put it on our website so our customers know that there, are, there is a preference of meals. But you have to be very, very careful with, uh, with the expense. Because if you, if you, at the end of the day, you'll find yourself spending much more than you planned, much more than you expected, and, and you have a year which is not so good, then obviously the margin is going to be in the wrong direction instead of the, the right direction. So, Michael, how do you think technology innovations could help you eat the cake and have it too? That yeah. is, well, shave the cost yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, seriously, I mean, Danny definitely yeah. poses a very practical example here that he would love to wow his customers, but he would not have any profits to show to his shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say a couple of things. First, uh, as the Borg said on Star Trek, resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do mass personalization because it's what people expect, and if you don't give them what they want, they're going to go to somebody else. But the, behind this, you're right. How do you get your cake and eat it too? Uh, you lower costs in other areas that are under your control, and you've seen the airlines do a great job uh, with kiosks. That's the most uh, obvious manifestation. They've also improved their websites. So there's web self-service. I can now basically do the work myself. I don't go into a travel agent anymore. Um, I, can, I can use all these mechanisms that they've put on the, the Internet to dramatically lower the cost. My customer support costs have gone down. Uh, logistics, um, RFID tags uh, that track luggage so it doesn't uh, end up in Timbuktu uh, when you, you wanted it in Tijuana. So by entering into the uh, supply chain and into the, 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 the service experience, efficiencies that lower cost, you now have the funding. If you have uh, measured it and, and demonstrated it to your CFO and to your board to turn it to the things that are going to matter to win tomorrow's customer. Danny, when we come back from this, we'll take this example, uh, what Michael mentioned. We'll take a quick break, listeners. But when mm -hmm. we come back, how about we looking at this as a set of innovations you did and maybe you would incrementally tweak later. But what next? You have in, you know, uh, optimized the supply chain. You have created the kiosks. And whatever savings that you said you got, it gets sucked in because the inflationary you know, increases in the cost, etc. So it's not that you got this, this perpetual uh, buffer that you've created for yourself. You also have to grow your, your business. So at one end, you have shaved it. You've used technology innovation. But what next can you do? Where does the next innovation come from? What's the source of inspiration for that next innovation. Let's talk about that and explore when we come back. Please stay tuned. Take a look around. Is anyone in your office listening to music on a boombox? <laughs> Probably not. Because you stream radio through the cloud like a normal, well-adjusted person living in the 21st century. 
Know what else you can get through the cloud? Your business phone system. Yeah, switch to cloud-based Ring Central. Run your entire business phone system online and use it with your smartphone and tablet for as little as $19.99 a month per user. And then you can put that old PBX in the junk pile next to the boombox. Ring Central, phone systems reimagined. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Danny, how about looking at the beyond the obvious innovations? And if you are looking at technology as one of the enabler of such innovations, where all do you think we have promises? Well, my my final final dream would be that you just step into a capsule, press a button with the name of the city you want to be in, and within ten seconds you're there. That's uh, that's my dream instead <laughs> of flying for ten fifteen hours. But uh, being more uh, more realistic, there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, innovations happened only in the last decade. I mean, you had uh, you have the Wi-Fi, which is not still in many airlines, but uh, most of the airlines are going to have it within, I believe, within a decade. We are looking, Elad is looking into introducing one ourselves very soon. We're just analyzing which one is going to be best for us, because uh, probably you know that uh, uh, Wi-Fi. Over land is much much easier to have than Wi-Fi over 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 sea. Then you have more you need more satellites for that. And most of our flights are over the Atlantic, so that is a more difficult thing to achieve. But Wi-Fi is most airlines. That's the number one thing. We hope that uh, the security technology will bring us to such a stage that there will be less lines and queues uh, for passengers uh, to wait. My hope is that, especially in the United States now, I don't know if you've noticed immigrations uh, and, and security as well, because of the cuts with the sequester, there are lines which are unbearable. We are getting a lot of complaints from customers that they're waiting. You know, you come into the United States in the morning, you may, may, might be able to wait two and a half hours in line, two and a half hours in line to go through customs and immigration, which is unheard of, unheard of. So there are a lot of things that technology can improve the life of uh, the customers, but not only from the airline point of view, but of all the all the environment that deals with the with the flying industry. Is it airports? Is it airlines? Is it agents? Is it uh, uh, internet? And these are these are things which, at the end of the day, can can be implemented, but you need it, a lot of investments in technology. Elal has done a lot, as you know, as far as security is concerned. We used to check every and each uh, baggage by hand. Every passenger used to open his hand and his bag. 
slowly, slowly we, we advance. Now we have machines that can check, check most of the, the items that we don't want passengers to carry on board. So there are things that can be done. Now, uh, Michael, based on what uh, Danny just mentioned, he touched the factors which are outside of an airline, but they still are part of the customer experience. Then he spoke about the in-flight amenities and other technology-enabled uh, you know, comforts that you offer or facilities that you offer. Now, let's go behind the scenes in an airline's operations, and that's where you want to get customer loyalty as the big business goal, and you want to plan and strategize accordingly and put pieces together. So if you were to draw out a blueprint and say, these are the technologies available, this is the end goal, what is the roadmap? What would that look like? Um, do we have another three hours? <laughs> <laughs> we, you, you can stay in, in, in no, your... No, I'll uh, do this in uh, two, two minutes <laughs> or less. Uh, the, the, the first thing I obviously would do is I would map the, these moments of truth that we have with airlines. And I said everything from the time that they select the brand uh, through the reservations and, and in the airport and when I get on the plane and looking at flight cancellations and delays and connections and in-flight service and frequent flyer programs, luggage, and the complaint process. I mean, there, are, there aren't infinite. There are about a dozen. And I would look at the health of those processes today. How are we doing? And how are we doing compared to our competitors and how are we doing compared to people in under other industries and how they handle that? So I think you have to have a roadmap. If you don't have a roadmap, then any road will take any, will take you where you want to go because you're not going to get there. Um, but with, be, below that, and I think you do have to have this map in front of you always and, and know the health of your journey, I would exploit the in-flight experience much, much more today to learn about the customer. Um, I'll give you an example. I am an El Al, what they have a, called Matmid uh, flyer, but I never fly. Uh, uh, when I'm on El Al, having bought the ticket from El Al but through a partner, and though I fly there four to five times a year from New York to Tel Aviv, they never know I actually fly with them. Uh, the in-flight experience is wonderful, but there's no follow-up. Uh, did you have a great flight? How was it? What can we do for you in the future? Because I went through a partner. Now, this is not unique to allow this to anyone who has a partner program. So you have to maybe exploit the in-flight experience to learn a little bit more about the customer and then use analytics to then say, ah, uh, I got that. Uh, here are his preferences. Uh, you find out, if, if you haven't before, am I price sensitive today? Uh, because I might be on business today, but next time I fly, I might be with my family. Do you fly with your family? When, do you have, have any upcoming trips? And these are all permission-based. I would do a lot more with social network analysis. I think that's something that everyone is expecting, uh, looking at a person's clout, uh, their sentiment towards you uh, in public forums, their level of connection with others, their reputation. You know, these can all be mined, again, to get more to personalized service. Uh, better social media engagement so that when they are on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever they might be, uh, Foursquare or even Pinterest, and they're talking about you, uh, do you engage them and, and maybe bring them into a more intentional uh, dialogue on the phone? Uh, and the last thing, and I said I could take this three hours, but I'm going to uh, end it with this, better, better bundles, so being more proactive. So if I'm going to fly uh, LL, I say, hey, do you uh, know about the TSA pre-program? Um, if you don't, would you like us to show, it, show you how it works? 
so that you can have a better experience uh, when you arrive back in the United States, etc. There are hundreds of examples of, of how you can use the uh, experience to get closer to the customer, understand the things that they don't necessarily understand about the process, and assist them. So, Danny, based on what just Michael mentioned, so if we have the data, we mine it, we get some intelligence, and accordingly take corrective steps or wow creation steps for our customers, and that could help us get to the loyalty. The fundamental starting point is data collection. Why would someone give data if they don't trust you? And since Michael specifically mentioned it's permission-based, what do you do to instill trust in a customer that I'm going to take this data and I'm going to help you give you a much better, much uh, more convenient and uh, you know pleasant journey next time when you come with us? It's, uh, what Michael said obviously was, uh, was very important to understand more about the customer needs. But we do, what we do in... Uh, not, not often enough, unfortunately, but uh, after this conversation, we might be thinking of doing it more often. We have a forum that meets uh, once every three or four months with frequent flyers, frequent flyers of different routes. You know, you, you have when we analyze our our uh, frequent flyers, we have more than more than a million registered and flyers, and we can analyze which one of them are flying mainly to the United States, which one are flying mainly to the Far East, which one are flying mainly to, to Europe or London or other places. And we, we, do, we do meetings with them once in a while, and uh, especially those who fly much more than others. I mean, and and we, do, we do ask questions, and we do listen, and we, 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 have, we made some changes because of, 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 these, of these meetings, because... But not a lot of people have time to write you a letter, unfortunately. And um, many times when they write a letter, it's only because they didn't get their baggage in time or they didn't get the baggage at all or some other complaints. But we do not see... A, 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 actually, on Facebook we see because you can have a short message. But we don't see people sitting and writing letters or writing emails and telling us about experiences that they have. Even they were not bad, but they can be improved. So that's why we have these forums, but uh, they should be they should be done more often. It should be done more often. Just meet people that fly with you a lot, and listen to what they have to say, because that's that's the best advice you can get is is uh, is from them. We had a lot of complaints many years ago on on the food, so now we are we are employing uh, a very renowned chef that is advising us on on how to prepare food and where to prepare food. So he flies to New York three times or four times a year to sit here with our caterers and, and uh, check and change the menus and do other things after he listens to our customers. And there are things that can be done in Harvard. So, Michael, when you look at all these uh, strategies that we're talking about, data collection, processing, etc., who should be driving this? We know that, of course, CMO's department is there. Then there is a customer royalty department perhaps exists. And then you've got technology. And it is very not very uncommon to see there is a disconnect between these departments. I'm sure technology and leadership and, and the whole crew is all committed to support the business. But should they be expected to pull these pieces out and or uh, be proactive in suggesting what is possible versus expecting another order in or another directive coming from the marketing and or customer loyalty department, which they just execute on? Sure. 
And, of course, this is the conundrum, right? Because if you look at the CAO's job, it's an incredibly critical job. They're responsible for everything around network security to compliance to making sure, metaphorically, that the lights are on. Right? This all devolves on them. They may not consider the end customer sitting in the seat as their customer. Instead, their customer is oftentimes a department the people who need phones, the people who need computers, the people who uh, need a, a website. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, a CMO, he or she also does not necessarily understand the customer. They look at markets. and they Why she? <laughs> I said he or she. <laughs> I, live with, I live all with women. Believe me, I am sensitized. Okay. <laughs> um, but in any case, they also don't know the end customer, the person who sits in the seat and, and lands so I would say is you have to really look at, at the board and, and the CEO's office. If they don't support this journey, is what I'll call it, then nothing's going to get done because you really do need to have the CIO, the CMO, and you need the lines of business together, customer service, the attendance, uh, and, the, and it's bringing in stakeholders uh, like, like the customers, as, as Danny mentioned, uh, to create this kind of, of journey map of where you're going to go. Now, let's take a quick break, listeners, when we come back. So, Michael, let's continue this conversation because what you just mentioned uh, about everybody has to kind of play their own respective roles or perhaps it looks like in some cases IT is left holding the bag. What is that uh, top-level sponsorship directive uh, or, or leadership that has to be demonstrated so that the people and the leadership and the respective crews actually work together towards this common goal. And if there are gaps, which are those gaps, and how do we get over uh, those humps so that every airline, at least at the back end, is able to do what they're supposed to do because those things are in their control. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Take a look around. Is anyone in your office listening to music on a boombox? <laughs> Probably not. Because you stream radio through the cloud like a normal, well-adjusted person living in the 21st century. Know what else you can get through the cloud? Your business phone system. Yeah, switch to cloud-based Ring Central. Run your entire business phone system online. And use it with your smartphone and tablet for as little as $19.99 a month per user. And then you can put that old PBX in the junk pile next to the boombox. Ring Central. Phone systems reimagined. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. 
Welcome back. So, Michael, very quickly, do you think we have, I mean, of course, there are gaps in the way uh, the customer loyalty department, the CMOs uh, group and IT are working together, but the end goal may not be uh, met. So who should be accountable? What should be done at the executive management level so that these people all work together? And what is the end goal they should be pursuing? Yeah. One very fascinating thing across the world today is we at Gartner have looked at uh, companies that have what's called a chief customer officer or a VP of customer experience. And uh, and interestingly, this year, 2013, when we uh, did our survey, we found 2,200 VPs of customer experience or or chief customer officer, uh, from uh, from a a Starwood to a a JetBlue to a Disney. uh, Many, many different uh, businesses around the world have hired them. And the reason for that is that who ultimately is responsible for the customer? Who represents at the almost at a board level? How do you give the customer a seat at the table? And this person uh, would be, of course, working, as I mentioned earlier, with a team of people, could be corporate communications and all the others I, I mentioned earlier. When you have that living unit, uh, an, an ad hoc team that, that is working sedulously uh, year over year over year together to advance the customer journey, um, you find very good uh, improvements year over year. Now, Danny, talking about the newer um, innovations, we talk about mobility lately and a lot about big data. These things, uh, while they look cool, uh, are they really uh, in a position to help build customer loyalty? And especially when you look at the younger generation, they are all about doing everything. They're living their life over the mobile phones. And, of course, big data is more of a back-end thing, but still it could have an impact on how you find real-time uh, insights or provide them to the, your crew or anybody else to make a better experience. So where are we going in that regard? By the way, definitely, definitely that uh, the, 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 whatever you were mentioned now, every single item is very, very important for uh, customer loyalty. I'll give you a live example. My son was flying from uh, somewhere uh, in Mexico to New York and uh, that was, uh, and the Super Bowl was on, and his flight was delayed, so he was going to land late, and he could not watch it on on TV. So, on the last minute, he bought a ticket on JetBlue because on JetBlue you have light, uh, live TV, and he could watch on the flight. He could watch the, the the Super Bowl. So, this is something that the young generation really, really, really will be much affected about it. The only thing that I don't my my personal view. I don't support her using cellular phones for conversations on a flight. That is something that I think will, uh, if any airline will try it, I'm sure they will stop it after a while. Because on and on flights, night flights especially, you're going to have a lot of people talking and screaming and shouting and 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 whatever. That that is that is the only item which I think should not uh, will not be successful. I think personally to use cellular phones on flight, but everything else, the young generation will be very much attracted if you can, uh, if you can provide a technology, a large technology on, on flight. Now, Michael, do you think, uh, based on all the standard uh, technology innovations that are being implemented, uh, this is really a panacea, we will look uh, good, we might not have to talk about all the challenges we're facing today, say, in the next decade? 
you know, I, I think that there's so much excitement around what can be done, the art of the doable, uh, based on some of the uh, advanced analytics you see today and, and mobile devices. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And uh, airlines are just beginning to scratch the surface. And I'll go back to the El Al example. Uh, I've been a, a, a flyer of El Al for 38 years. <laughs> uh, I've never once got a relevant offer from them. Now, I don't care. I will continue to fly <laughs> forever because I have a, a visceral connection to uh, to the airline. Um, but I also love their crew. I think they're the, they're the best crew ever, but that's just a, uh, <laughs> one individual's experience. But if you look out over the industry, there's so much to do with gathering information and understanding. And the younger generation, unlike the older generation who has to get over it, uh, we understands that we can know about them in ways that they didn't before. They used to be shocked. To say, How did you know this about me? Uh, when you could answer the phone and say, hello, Michael. Well, when you click a like button on Facebook, up to 200 unique attributes about you can be sucked into a database. You didn't know that? <laughs> 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 Everything from where you buy beer to where you went uh, to all your Instagram pictures to everything else in it. If you have uh, clicked the settings, I can extract that. I can go to an Axiom database, a credit card database. I can look at GPS, and I can see things about you that you probably didn't know, but it's only a matter of time. Younger generation actually knows this. I can then notice trends. I can see, for example, your income is increasing. I can tell that just because of where you lived. You lived in student housing, and then you lived uh, here, then you lived here, and your housing, <laughs> what you bought, I can see from your records. I can pinpoint it using a mass of data, which was impossible uh, to work in the past. Today I can do it in a matter of seconds and give it to everyone. Uh, and, and the last, go back to what Danny was saying about the mobile devices, and you asked about I think this is going to be a phenomenal thing. Uh, and I agree completely with Danny. I remember flying in the early days, uh, and we would have smoking sections. <laughs> this is what I want to do with people who speak on cell phones. Put them in the back in a little glass room. We'll call that the talking section. <laughs> uh, but things on mobile, um, like embedded assistance with the airline, uh, notifications, of course, advice, um, loyalty uh, vouchers, um, all these things should be as easy to interact with on a mobile device as they are on the web or easier. Now, one last question for you, Danny. If you had to give any last word of advice to airline stakeholders looking to leverage customer loyalty as the main driver for business growth and profitability, what would those be? Well, first of all, as uh, there is a lot of advice to give for customers to, to attain uh, customer loyalty. But as, 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 as an airline, as a stakeholder, I think that uh, what we learned in the last few years when the fuel prices are going up so drastically, that first of all, you have to analyze your routes very, very, very carefully and see what you're flying. And if you think there are certain routes that are not, not providing enough profit or if the margins are too thin or even uh, below one, then that, that is number one thing that in order to, be, to, li to leave, first of all. And then once you find uh, oxygen to live, uh, you, need, uh, you, you, must, uh, you must do a lot to start building. I remember when we started our frequent flyer, we, just, we started initially only copying from, from others. But then we started building our own products. We, we offer, for instance, you have to find, and I, Michael said that he's been a frequent flyer for over 30 years and he never had an offer from, uh, for the airline. 
And uh, you, must, you must come up with offers which are uh, tangible. I mean, offers which people will really enjoy having them. I'm not talking uh, sending a present now to, to, to a customer. But at the end of the day, you're a frequent flyer because you want to fly. You're not a frequent flyer because you're expecting a, a, a basket of fruit. So sending, coming up with uh, relevant uh, things that pertain to flight and offer them to your, uh, to your loyal customers. So build, build a, crop, a program that when you accumulate mileage, be able to use that mileage. That's very important. Some airlines today, you know, they have so many blackout periods which you accumulate, 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 you can never use it. So that, that is one problem. Make sure that you build it in such a way that people accumulate, even if you have to make it more difficult to accumulate, even if they accumulate more miles in order to reach a ticket, but when they reach a stage, then they want to use the benefit that they have been waiting for, then let them use it. And offer them as much on, as you can. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, Danny and Michael, for sharing your thoughts on how airlines could handle this big challenge uh, that is uh, gaining customer loyalty. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you very much for having us today. And uh, listeners, uh, if you've got any thoughts or questions, send us to views at ciotalkradio.com. That is views at ciotalkradio.com. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sunjal Gall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to assist, remote support made easy. Take a look around. Is anyone in your office listening to music on a boombox? <laughs> Probably not. Because you stream radio through the cloud like a normal, well-adjusted person living in the 21st century. Know what else you can get through the cloud? Your business phone system. Yeah, switch to cloud-based Ring Central. Run your entire business phone system online. And use it with your smartphone and tablet for as little as $19.99 a month per user. And then you can put that old PBX in the junk pile next to the boombox. Ring Central. Phone systems reimagined. Sign up for a free trial at ringcentral.com. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. 